Welcome to Verse by Verse, the teaching ministry of Pastor John Reed from Calvary Chapel, Northwest Reno. You'll want to grab your Bible and follow along, verse by verse, with Pastor John. And then you'll get the next step, one day at a time. I think God only gives us one step at a time. He doesn't give us the whole roadmap because he wants us to be dependent upon him throughout our journey. So God says the next step, move to Reno. The next step, ask her out. The next step, take that job. The next step, end that relationship. The next step, throw that stuff down the toilet. The next step, unplug that computer, you know, one step at a time. And you do that step, and then you get the next one, the next direction. And sometimes we're on hold because God's still waiting for us. You still haven't done what I told you. i got to tell you again, after you do that, now we can progress. We can get up, and we can move on. Verse 11 But since I could not see because of the brightness of that light, I was led by the hand by those who were with me and came into Damascus. The power of Christ was so overwhelming. His face shines like the sun. Imagine looking too intently at the sun, right? He's right in front of the Son of God, and his eyes are burned, permanently damaged, blind for life unless a miracle happens. Why would God blind someone? Why would God give someone a sickness, a disability for his glory to get their attention? I believe sometimes God will make you sick so that he can heal you spiritually, so that he can wake you up. And I've heard so many testimonies of how God used a sickness, a disability, a blindness, a deafness, what have you, and that caused that person to come to the Lord. When I was crippled and in a wheelchair, you know what I was doing when I was flat on my back and couldn't walk? I was praying. I was reading my Bible. I was looking up and saying, Jesus, I'm listening now. Hospital bed, close to dying. Jesus, I'm listening now. Give me that Bible. I've got to read some verses. This may be my last day. And God gets our attention. And yes, he has the power to supernaturally heal you. And boy, every day I prayed, God, let me walk again. Let me walk again. Get me out of this wheelchair. Verse 12. A certain Ananias, a man who was devout by the standard of the law and well spoken of by all the Jews who lived there, In his testimony, he says to the Jews, a godly Jew, help me. He spoke a message for Jesus. He was the instrument of my healing. Ananias, he loves God. He loves the Old Testament. He loves the law like you Jews. Another bridge trying to reach his fellow Jew. Verse 13, came to me and standing near said to me, brother soul, Receive your sight. And at that very time, I looked up at him. And it was like scales fell off my eyes. I had been blind day after day 
after day, not knowing, will I ever see again? Will I ever walk again? Will I ever get out of this cast? Will I ever leave this hospital? God is gracious. God is the healer. And there is the gift of healing today. And the Holy Spirit uses Ananias, a believer, to speak healing to Saul, who becomes Paul, to become a Christian. I've seen many people come to the Lord or come back to the Lord through a healing, through the hand of God. He brings them back. 14. And he said, The God of our fathers has appointed you to know his will and to see the righteous one, Jesus, and to hear an utterance from his mouth. Are you listening, Saul? Ananias' message, God has chosen you. He's picked you. He's appointed you. Jesus has come from heaven, resurrected from the dead in his glorious heavenly body. He's left the throne, come down to earth to appear to you, to give you a message. Are you listening? To give you instruction. To choose you to become one of his apostles now. I believe in order to be an apostle, to be one of the twelve, you must be chosen by Jesus himself directly. Some churches say, well, it's a progression, you know, laying of hands, and they pass it from apostle to apostle. No. Only Jesus himself can choose an apostle. Only Christ can say, you are one of my twelve apostles. So therefore, I do have the belief that, you know, Judas Iscariot uh, kills himself. We have a vacancy. The church votes in Matthias, but I think Jesus votes for Paul. I think Paul is the 12th apostle. Just like in heaven, the foundations of the New Jerusalem are built on 12 foundations, the 12 apostles, it says. And I don't think it's Matthias or Matthias. I think it's Paul, chosen by Christ himself. And this is a requirement. Jesus must choose you. He's come. He's picked you. God is after you. God wants you in his heaven. Jesus wants to be in your life. Christ cannot live without you. He's he's died on the cross to save you. And he's after you. And his Holy Spirit is chasing you. What do they call the spirit? The the hound of heaven. The bloodhound is sniffing you out. Tracking you down. God loves you so much. He wants you to be saved. Verse 15. For you will be a witness for him, for Jesus, to all men, all races, even the Gentiles, of what you have seen and heard. Paul is an apostle of the church, and he has a special calling as a missionary apostle to the Gentiles. Most of the Jewish apostles didn't want to go to the Gentiles. Where would we be without Paul if he didn't care about the Gentiles? You know, the Jerusalem church is getting big. It's a mega church. It's thousands and thousands. It's the big mega church. 
But Paul has been planting the little house churches, the small little churches, the churches in foreign lands and in key cities, and they're spreading. And Christianity comes all the way to America with the pilgrims and the separatists. Yes. And it's come all the way to Sin City, Reno. Praise the Lord. Because we all need to hear. We all need the Gospel. And as a witness, you just share about Jesus what you have seen of Him, what He has told you, what you have experienced. When you give your testimony, it's about Jesus. If Jesus is not in your testimony, then it ain't a testimony. It's a story, but it's not a Christian story. It's not a Christian witness. And I believe when you share your testimony, there should be one word that is essential in every Christian testimony. Jesus the Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 16. Now, why do you delay? Get up and be baptized and wash away your sins and call on His name, the name of Jesus. What are you waiting for? It's time, Saul. It's time to become a Christian. Salvation is now. Don't put it off. Don't delay any longer. Well, Pastor, you know, maybe I'll think about it. I'll pray next week. You know, I know I should come forward. I know I should ask Christ into my heart. I know I should confess. But later, you know, later, the Bible says now. The Scripture says, Behold, now is the acceptable time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. Don't put it off. Don't delay. Don't wait. You might not have another day. You may wait too long and miss out on heaven for all eternity. The time is now. You see, Ananias is saying, get up, act, get going. Do what you know God has called you to do. Call on His name. That's what you need to do. Jesus, forgive me. Jesus, save me. Call it out loud. Call upon the name of the Lord and you shall be saved. And then what? You get baptized. And baptism is an outward sign of an inward work of grace that the blood of Christ has washed away your sins. And now you need to tell the whole world, tell the church, tell your family, friends, say, come to my baptism. I want to show you I've been saved and what God has done to me. He's cleansed me. He's made me born again, brand new, a new creation in Christ. Tell them how you met Jesus and what Jesus has done for you what he has said, what you experienced. That is a testimony. Part three is now my life after Christ. Are things different? Is there fruit? Is there a change? And Paul's life after Christ, he has become an apostle, a missionary to the Gentiles. He's been called by God. He's been saved for a purpose. Verse 17. It happened. When I returned to Jerusalem and was praying in the temple that I fell into a trance. 
You know, you Jews, I love this temple. It's God's house. I come here to pray. I had a spiritual uh, encounter with God. A vision from Jesus happened to me right here in this temple while I was praying and while I was worshiping in church. God spoke to me. Verse 18, And I saw him saying to me, Make haste, get out of Jerusalem quickly, because they will not accept your testimony about me. It was a warning from Jesus. He told me, the Jews will not accept. They're going to hurt you. Get the heck out of Dodge. They're going to destroy you. Get out of this place now. God can give us warnings, messages, direct communication, the use of the spiritual gifts for today. Verse 19, And I said, Lord, they themselves understand that in one synagogue after another I used to imprison and beat those who believed in you. Was a persecutor of the church. The Jews should know this. I was on their side. I was a zealot for Judaism but now I've become an apostle and leader of the very church I try to destroy. Go figure. Verse 20. And when the blood of your witness, Stephen or Stephen, was being shed, I also was standing by approving and watching out for the coats of those who were slaying him. It is the beginning of the Enemy number one, Saul of Tarshish. He starts with helping. He's kind of a teenager, an adolescent, and he's like, come on, you guys, kill the Christian. I'll watch the coats. I approved. I helped them. I took care of their stuff while they're stoning him to death, and they left him under a bloody pile of rubble. Stephan, the food ministry director who was on fire for God, powerful witness, the first martyr of the church, and he helped them. Sometimes we have regrets, we have guilt, shame. I did horrible things in my past, but it's under the blood. It's the power of the cross. Forget it, leave it alone, leave it behind. And I believe you should dig it up when you share with someone. Oh, you know, you, you're kind of running with the pack and you're gangster and doing some crime. Well, you know, in my past, I did this and that. You know, well, I did some drugs. Well, I did some time. Well, I, I can relate. Well, here's my sin. And you share your past so that you can connect, so you can reach someone, not to be proud of it or not to be depressed over it again, but it's for the grace of God go I. And I'm just like that person. We've had people in the church give powerful testimonies. I've been with church members. We see a homeless person and say, Pastor, that was me. I was homeless. Pastor, that was me. I used to be a druggie. Pastor, I used to strip. I used to work in the bar. I used to do the nasty things. Pastor, I used to do this and that. And I believe you should share that with someone who can understand, who can relate, and someone who can appreciate. You share it with the wrong people. They don't understand. They can't connect. They go, they don't know what to do with it. So pray and ask God who you should share, who you should tell your story to, someone that will appreciate and connect 
and it will reach them for Christ. 21. And he said to me, Jesus said to me, Go, for I will send you far away to the Gentiles. Your ministry is not here in Jerusalem with these Jews. They're not going to receive you. Your ministry is out there to the Gentiles. Have you found your ministry? Have you found your people group? Have you found those that will listen to you and you can relate and you can reach them? Now, when you witness to the wrong people, they push you out. But when you witness to the right people, they're like, tell me more. That's me. That's where I'm at. I feel the same way. I feel so lost. I feel depressed and suicidal. And that's where you were. And tell me, what did God do in your life? How did you get saved? Tell me the story so that I can do it. And I believe the middle part that you share, the part of how you receive Christ is the most important. And you should put the most into that because someone who wants to get saved, that's the part they want to hear. What did you say in your prayer? What is repentance? How did you put your faith in Jesus? What is the cross? You ask him in? What did you pray? How can I do that prayer? That's the most critical. And sometimes we say it too short. Well, I got saved. What did you do? I want to do it. I want to be saved. I want what you have. I want the new life. Right? Paul's new life, saved from his past. Join a religion of love and forgiveness and grace, the Lord Jesus Christ, called as an apostle, a church planter, a missionary, a leader of the church. He gets to encounter Jesus raised from the dead. He gets God's love and grace and mercy. He gets to share the gospel. He has a purpose and a meaning and a direction in his life. It's all changed. This is his future after Christ. He is saved to serve. What has God called you to do? What is he gifting you for? You have a purpose and a meaning now. It's time to get up and get to work, right? It's time to seek, to pray, to worship like Paul did, right? He went to the temple, he's praying, he's worshiping. I believe when you're praying and worshiping, God will speak to you. He'll give you a gift, he'll give you a sign, he'll give you a commission, he'll give you a job. Sometimes I wake up in the middle of the night and I'm like, God, was that you? Is that what I'm supposed to do today? (laughs) Okay, let's get at it. To watch, to listen for your instructions. And we get to share, we get to witness and tell the world what wonderful things Jesus has done for us. What is the point of this? To experience the gospel. I want to tell you my testimony and I want to use the outline and I encourage you, do the outline. It'll take you three minutes to write it down. Three paragraphs. One minute per paragraph. A three-minute testimony. People will give you three minutes, but they won't give you three hours. Okay? So I'll try. Well, my life before Christ, I was born in Chicago, grew up in Los Angeles. My father was murdered by mafia in Chicago. 
Uh, my mom remarried, my parents divorced, broken home, dysfunctional, angry, fighting, just brokenness, hurt, lost, darkness, depressed. That's my life before Christ. How I met Christ. Oh, let me add to, I had grown up in the church. A religious church without Jesus. A religious church where there was no gospel. And I look back and I felt like, you failed me. Why didn't you tell me about Jesus? I went to church and you missed the mark. That's my past. How I met Christ, I walked into a Baptist church. They preached the gospel. They gave the invitation. I could sense the Spirit of God pulling me. I wanted Jesus. I finally understood the cross, that he died in my place. He was my sacrifice. I finally experienced the Holy Spirit and his drawing me to himself, calling me to Christ, that God would love me. So I heard the gospel that God loved me, that Jesus wanted me. He couldn't live Without me, he died on the cross. So I made the commitment. I walked forward. I prayed. I asked Christ into my heart. I said, Jesus, I need you. Forgive me of my sins. I confess you. I pledge my allegiance to you. Be my Savior. Be my Lord. I want you. I need you. I need your love, your grace, your forgiveness. And I was so happy that I cried tears of joy. And it was so powerful and so real and so life-changing. And I found my purpose and my meaning, and I found the family of God's love. My life after Christ, while well, I was forgiven and I was able to forgive, I had a purpose and a meaning, a calling, a direction. God was in my life. I woke up every day with a purpose. Okay, Lord, you know, hearing God's voice, communicating with the Holy Spirit, communicating God speaking to me through his holy Bible and joining a second family, the church of God with spiritual mentors, youth group and call to ministry and uh, left my banking career, left it all behind went into the ministry, a call to serve, a call to preach, a call to share. I went to Bible college and seminary and became a pastor, and I've given Jesus my life. So I encourage you, three parts before how you met Christ and after, and try to make them all equal. You know, some people will focus on, oh, you know, I was this miserable wretch and did, I did every crime, did every drug. You know, okay, okay, enough. Where is Jesus? Oh, yeah, I was very evil. <laughs> you know, balance it out. Where is Jesus in the mix? What did he say? What did you do? Explain what you did. Explain so I can do it. And then give us the good news. Did Jesus bring love and joy and peace? If you leave out your life after, why should I want to become a Christian? Did it make any difference? Did it change you? Is there a different future? Is there heaven in your future? Receive the gospel and give it away. Come to Jesus by faith. Receive his grace and his forgiveness too. 
live for Christ and serve Him. Become His follower, disciple, and witness. And share with others what great things Jesus has done for you. Tell your story. Let's pray. Lord Jesus Christ, we confess you as Lord, Savior, and God. We need you every day. Give us your courage, your boldness, your inspiration. Holy Spirit, come upon us with power and anointing and giftings that we would be your powerful witnesses, that we would just be so overwhelmed by your love and your grace and your goodness that we would want to share it and bring others into the family, into the kingdom. For we pray in Jesus' name. Thanks for supporting Verse by Verse, the teaching ministry of Pastor John Reed from Calvary Chapel, Northwest Reno at 246 Courtney Lane, Reno, Nevada, 89523. Our phone number is 775-746-4567 and our webpage is calvaryreno.com. You're always welcome to join our services.